All righty. Good morning, everybody. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. And uh, Wiz and I have began our take from a fantasy perspective on each and every NFL team. Uh, we're starting in the AFC. We did the Buffalo Bills, and now we are on to the Miami Dolphins, Wiz. Yeah, we have some friends who are Miami Dolphins fans, and uh, I'm looking forward to see what we uh, get from the Miami Dolphins, especially offensively, and I'm sure a lot of people are as well. And uh, let's get right to it. Mike McDaniel takes over as head coach and uh, an offensive-minded coach and from the Shanahan tree, and they love speed, and boy, they have a track team on this team. But we'll start with Tua Tagovailoa. Um this is a crucial year for him. They feel they've put enough weapons around him. Uh, I know you are not uh, high on him. Uh, I am certainly a lot higher on him than you are. Uh, but, like, you know, he he would be my second quarterback um, in a league where um, you're starting one quarterback and you'd like to have another quarterback with potential upside. So I'd like a steadier guy one and him – as maybe my backup quarterback, um, I wouldn't put him as a fantasy football starting quarterback if you're drafting only one quarterback. But there's, there's some upside there with the offense that he has. Um, they're going to run that West Coast offense. Um, <clears throat> a lot of, um, you know, a lot of options where <clears throat> hand the ball off or throw it. Or maybe Tua has the ability to take off as well in some plays. So where do you view Tua? If you're playing in a league where you can start two quarterbacks, would you start to it? Yeah, so I, I think he's one of those guys that you know, certainly, and there's a number of them. Uh, we 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 did a podcast on this. He's one of those guys that has to take that next step up mm. now. Uh, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is the backup here. Not that he's anything too sexy, quite frankly. So, but this is the time, given the offensive dynamism that's kind of coming in here, the mindset that the Dolphins had in bringing Mike McDaniel in. You know, the Tua has to step up, and now he's two years removed from those injuries uh, in a year where, and he was behind uh, than more than most rookies, obviously, with the COVID year, right? So, so I, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt in both of those instances, the fact that he was coming back from an injury and the yeah. same preparation that you normally see was not involved. So, yeah, I'm willing to take that chance as Tua as a second quarterback. I they have a lot of pieces in play here. And I think Mike McDaniel is going to be very creative with all of the tools and uh, and toys that he has on this offense. Yeah, before we move to the running backs, I just want to say one thing. If, if it was to go bad for Tua, an injury, or he just wasn't playing well, I'm looking more at Skylar Thompson. Uh, I think who, who is one of my favorite quarterbacks coming out of college. A bunch of other quarterbacks, had a bunch of other quarterbacks who were taken um, earlier than him. Um, so if something was to go wrong with Tua, as I said, I, I'd look more at Skylar Thompson as a guy that could get in there and be effective over Teddy Bridgewater. Moving on to the running backs, uh, so the depth chart looks nice uh, from a talent perspective. Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, Sony Michelle, Miles Gaskin. The problem is none of those guys, or especially Michelle, Mostert, and Edmonds, are not exactly Lou Gehrig when it comes to consecutive game streak. So if they stay on the field, um, if you know Raheem Mostert, right, was going to play 15 games, let's say, um, I would be very, very interested in him. So what's your approach when it comes to Raheem Mostert specifically? Um, 
with his upside, with his ability, but you're having to weigh the injury factor and the rest of the depth shot at running back. Yeah, so so Mostert's the oldest of the group, right? He's uh, over 30 years old, but not a lot of wear and tear. He, he really came, he started to become a successful component uh, for an NFL offense uh, only very late in his career. Um, but yeah, the inability, the, the, the fact of the matter is when he touches the ball, he's very dynamic, usually, you know, ripping off six, seven yards at a clip. Uh, we saw that with the Niners, uh, but the ability to stay on the field has definitely hampered him. Uh, the guy who got paid the most money was Chase Edmonds, but you and I both know he's going to catch the ball. Yes. Is he going to be the guy that's going to pound it in from the two yard line? No. Um, so it's going to have to be some determination on kind of how, how the, 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 how the plays are kind of split up between these three guys. And I think Michelle, you know, showed us last year um, as, as the Rams uh, signed him up, uh, you know, during the season, I, I think Michelle was very effective at times, uh, really displacing Daryl Henderson. Uh, Henderson was dealing with some injuries as well, but nonetheless, Michelle was a successful component to that Ram offense. So, yeah, I'm not sure how this is going to break down. Like if you told me all these guys would split, uh, touches you know three ways would I be shocked at that no absolutely not and, and you and I both know that the Niners had a habit of kind of really dividing up their workloads so I think it's going to be a little bit tricky I mean on the surface I would say Edmonds is the guy I favor you know because he catches the ball but nonetheless I, th- I think this this is going to be a real challenge to kind of determine who's going to be the the, the, the fantasy winner amongst this group yeah, can you see a scenario where Raheem Oster is a starter they limit his carries because they want to keep him fresh. They use Chase Edmonds on third down, passing down, two-minute drills. And then they use Sony Michelle on short yardage and goal line plays where he's very, very effective, thus really ruining the fantasy perspectives for all three running backs. I certainly can see that scenario. Can you see that as well? Yeah, 100%. And then, you know, add to the fact that Miles Gaskin, who was the guy that was getting most of the touches the last couple of years, is also still on this roster. I think the most interesting thing that the Dolphins did do in the offseason, um, aside from bringing in a guy like Armstead, who's going to solidify that offensive line at left tackle, but um, a player you and I both took notice of, and we know the way uh, Kyle Juszczyk was used in the Niner offense, a guy that can catch the ball, a good blocker, but the Raiders didn't tender him, and Mike McDaniel brought Alec Ingold uh, at fullback, and you and I both know that fullback plays such a crucial role in, in that kind of Shanahan-type offense. Yeah, exactly. He's kind of like a poor man's Kyle Juszczyk. Um, but he, he, he's a good player. Uh, he is certainly a good player that can flare out there and catch the ball and certainly a very, very good lead uh, blocker as well. And, you know, just one other player. They, they have Zaquandre White um, this year as a rookie. And uh, I think he's, he's, you know, I know right now he's kind of like buried on the depth chart. But uh, he's just a player that I would just keep an eye on if the dominoes start falling, if you will, uh, in terms of injuries at the running back spot for the Dolphins. But when you move to wide receiver, this is like an Olympic track team here with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and Cedric Wilson. Uh, the depth chart is really strong as well. They brought over Trent Scherfeld, who... I think if he got a chance, would be a very, very good player. Really is a good route runner. Um, Preston Williams is another player that's flashed. Um, Their receivers are dynamic. Um, It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out with Tyree Kill. Um, He's not going to make the chunk plays 
that he did with Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback, but he is the, the, the most dangerous player in the NFL in terms of drawing attention to the defense. And while Jalen Waddle um, was kind of pedestrian with his yards per reception last year at around 10, um, that's not nearly the type of player that Jalen Waddle is. I think Jalen Waddle is every bit as good uh, as Jamar Chase. The only difference was surrounding talent. And now that to surrounding talent is equal, basically, to Cincinnati's uh, surrounding talent with Cedric Wilson and certainly Tyree Kill in a better running game. The question is, can Tua support some elite receivers the way Joe Burrow can? But I'm loving this Dolphin receiving core, and uh, I think you're going to see some special things from Jalen Waddle this year. Yeah, and, and by the way, was this team made? You know, I mentioned Armstead, but this team over the last couple of seasons, between their drafts and free agent signings, because Connor Williams is here from the Cowboys, um, this team has made it an emphasis to to build and 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 make that offensive line a lot better, and and they've definitely done so here. Yeah, I agree with that. <clears throat> um, is there anything else you wanted to add about uh, the Dolphin receivers? Uh, well, so you expecting a little bit of regression from Tyree Kill, who was kind of entrenched, as in, you know, along with Devontae Adams and maybe a couple other guys as a top five wide receiver overall. <clears throat> How far has he fallen in terms of projections for this year in your mind? Yeah, I, you know, I just think the usage is going to be really high. Um, so it's probably not going to be the same type of production, but it's still going to be extremely productive. So I'm probably not taking him down. I think a lot of people are taking him down more sizably than than I am. Uh, but I still think he's going to be touching the football quite a lot in this offense. Yeah, and um, we mentioned um, the tight end position, the depth at the tight end position, and I'm very comfortable with a block of tight, end, of tight ends from like tight end eight to tight end 15 or 17. You know, there's a group of 10 tight ends and Mike Isicki is right there in the, in the middle of that block. And um, I just feel he's going to get some great opportunities and be able to leverage his defense and in, 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 in some good matchups that they're going to be able to put him against with Waddle and, and Hill, especially drawing so much attention and uh i don't know gusicki do you have him kind of like i have him like kind of like a borderline tight end one or certainly in that group from let's say you know eight to 15 or 16 yeah so here's the tricky part with gusicki so when I, when I look at what he did the last two seasons about the same amount of yards each year over over 700 yards and I think, you know, in that in that previous season when you saw Fitzpatrick in the beginning of the season, Gesicki only had 53 catches, but he was uh, he was averaging more yards per catch. Everything was a little bit shorter last year, right? And we, and we know also that Kittle, how big a part of he was in that offense. But I think the fact that Gesicki caught 73 balls last year was also because there was so few – the Dolphins were decimated with injuries at the receiver position, so he was a beneficiary of that. So my personal view is that statistically, given what they added at receiver and given kind of the dynamics in the offense, I would say I'd probably expect a slight regression from Gesicki this year, but still kind of ranked just on the cusp of that number one slot. Yeah, and I think that's, I think that's pretty fair. Um, moving to the special teams, the kicker and defense for the Dolphins – um, Jason Sanders two years ago was incredible, especially from long distance. Yeah, oh yeah, big time. I, 
I, I don't know what happened last year. He was only two for six from 50. Uh, he looked a little shaky at times. So uh, while he would have been the first few kickers I would have recommended going to last year, I don't know about this year. Uh, I don't really know what the philosophy is going to be when they're fourth and two at the 36-yard line. Are they going to go for it? Are they going to punt? Are they going to bring out Sanders to try a 54-yard field goal? So I'm a, I'm a little concerned about what you know happened last year, plus with a new coaching staff, if they're going to kick those long field goals. The Dolphins' defense looked terrific at times and looked horrendous at other times. Kind of the same thing with the kicker. So what kind of approach are you taking with Sanders and with the Dolphins' defense? Yeah, so 144 points in 2020 and back to 103 last year. But I think the Dolphins' defense was actually worse last year, more inconsistent, more injuries. So I'll probably – I think Sanders is a great guy to take a chance on uh, to kind of move back into that top 10 that he was in in 2020. And it'll, it'll be cheap, right? So I think I, I, like, I like that aspect of it. Brian Flores, uh, you know, Bilicek – Belichick coaching tree and that kind of defensive mindset was definitely something that we saw from from them last year. They're the only team, by the way, in the NFL that returns all 11 starters on defense. Uh, they did have 48 sacks. They did have 26 takeaways. So, yeah, I think that's that's a, that's a good thing, right, for Mike McDaniel to be walking into that situation. Um, I, I think the Dolphins are kind of a sneaky, could be a sneaky one defense, quite frankly. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I think that especially they're the type of defense that you would like to draft and then really play them and feel good about it with have great matchups, which will you know take take place certainly a few times during the year. So uh, I can see that as well. All right. Anything else uh, further, Ed Wiz, on the? Uh, oh, Miami? I think we're on. I think we're on to New England here, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So New England Patriots next. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Again, we hope you are subscribing to this podcast because we're going to go hold your hand as we prepare for the 2022 NFL season. So, Wiz, great job, and uh, see you on the other side with the New England Patriots. You got it.